Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, motivational speaker, full-time psychology student, mama four, and military spouse. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and real stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, today I'm here with Caroline. Caroline became quite rapidly unwell in 2013 with schizoaffective disorder. The illness came out of nowhere and hit her like a juggernaut. Weight dropped off of her. She started making strange choices and there was a tiger living in her head. She lost her job, her boyfriend, and all sense of reality. She didn't know any of this was happening. She thought dying was a brilliant idea. She didn't die. She got better slowly. Dying wasn't an option because her three teenage children, my children are my buffer. That's why I tell people like, yeah, yeah. My, my kids are the reason that I'm still here. Um, yeah. That's basically it. Um, and her dog. Ooh, dog. Do you still have a dog? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, six years later, Caroline is the happiest and sanest she has ever been. She has retrained as an NLP practitioner and counselor and is part of a charity working for mental health service dogs. The tiger comes and hangs out sometimes, but that's okay. That's okay. My bipolar disorder comes up and hangs out sometimes too. Um, (laughs) So Caroline, I'd love for you to start us out with what's the difference between schizoaffective disorder and schizophrenia? Because I asked you this question just a little while ago and people may not know because I'm going to school for psychology and I didn't know the difference. So I'm sure people listening who are not even familiar with psychology have no idea what the difference is. Okay, okay, okay. So um, with, uh, it's about different diagnostics, basically. So there are the diagnostics for schizophrenia and there are for bipolar and other mood disorders. Um, and so for schizoaffective disorder, the diagnostics uh, involve both, basically. So you have the schizophrenia and the mood disorder mixed in together. So it's like a double whammy, which is great. <laughs> is great yeah Um, so tell it i would like to have you take us back you touched on this in your bio but um take us back to 2013 what started happening to you what was going on um because somebody listen may not understand what you mean by tiger in your head um and, and they may not understand how something like this might come on because um what people don't realize is you might go part of your life without having any signs or symptoms of a mental illness. And then all of a sudden, bam, there it is. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it was, it was pretty bam. It was pretty bam. But now if I look back, I can sort of see that actually it was happening for a really long time, but that, so that uh, when it, well, as it led up to going bam, um, I think basically I, my life was really hectic at the time. So my kids were, uh, sort of in their teenage years, uh, I think my son had just started A levels, and um, so I had that going on. And I was working in a special school with um, boys with behavioural problems, really difficult backgrounds, um, and it was quite hectic. It was like chairs being thrown out of windows, and you know the boys were amazing, um, but I was I was struggling with the way that the school was run. It was very army, and I'm I'm like child-centered so there was a bit of a battle going on there and I had a really hectic social life um, and I'd started doing a degree so and I was working full-time so yeah so I was kind of out of the door and back home 
before the kids left for school and then they came home. So it was a lot. I was doing a lot, but I had loads of energy. Um, and then I had a boyfriend who was just so much fun. Um, so I had, it, and I thought, great, you know, I kind of had, had everything. I was doing all the things I wanted to do. And then basically I think um, those things just built up and it, it was too much. And um, a couple of other things happened which I won't really go into. And, um, and then, yeah, I, I, I had no idea. I lost loads of weight really quickly. And I, and I was acting a bit strangely and, and talking about strange things, which I, I didn't know. And it was only when I really oof, went, you know, bonkers, um, that my family and friends started to say, <clears throat> excuse me, they, they were like, oh, thank God. Right, now we can start trying to put you back together because you have been really odd for quite a long time like a year maybe um yeah so it kind of got kind of got worse and then there was a tiger living in my head and um i was taught i talked to my boyfriend about it and i think he probably thought okay well you know she's she's always a bit quirky so i'll just go with that and it kind of got worse and um, or not worse you know i was i was really happy with this tiger in my head padding about and it was like, like a, oh, it was a bit like a TV screen or, you know, just like I could see it the whole time, even though I was just going about my daily life. Um, and I think I was starting to get quite paranoid about things. And we went, I, we went to a party and um, a friend of ours who's a psychiatrist was chatting to her. And then this, this boyfriend um, said, oh yeah, by the, by the way, she's got a tiger living in her head. And at that moment, I felt a bit, why, whoa, 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 you, why have you said that? That wasn't, I don't want to talk about that. Anyway, the psychiatrist friend said, um, she said, oh, she said, do, do you think maybe you need to talk to someone? And it's like, oh, you know, it's just laughing these things off. I was a bit hurt, I think, because he, he, him saying it made it real right. to people. And it was my private thing going on in my head. Um, yeah and then i think i started a new job and one night my daughter came and sat on the bed with me and i think she was about 14 i guess and she said should we should we go and live oh because i was a single parent with them mm -hmm. she said should we go and live with dad it feels like you kind of don't want us around and you know and oh my god i was like distraught that she said that and you know obviously i said no, I, I can't even understand why you said that. But I think I was withdrawing into myself. Um, so that happened. And then, yeah, and then the morning after that, you know, I was out and I was getting ready for work. And then I just sort of, I sort of collapsed. I think, I think my body just went, no, no, not. And I'd had this pain. I'd had this pain in my side for, I don't know, a few weeks. And, um, I was just ignoring it, but it, it really hurt. And now, you know, the, the body and the brain, it's, you know, it's all one thing, which I now understand. But I think it was my body was just taking, shutting down to kind of make me realize yeah. that there was something not right. Does that, 
Does that make sense? Oh, it makes complete sense. I mean, I think a lot of people forget that our mind and bodies are, are attached. And, you know, if you're not taking care of your body, your mind will start to give way. And if you're not taking care of your mind, your body starts to give way. Your body's just like, uh, F this. Why are you not taking care of what you're supposed to be taking care of? Yeah. 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 Totally. Um, yeah. So I, I just kind of collapsed in the hallway and my, you know, my poor kids just went off to school and I, you know, I was shaking and didn't know what was going on. And I, so I rang my sister, who's a doctor and just a gorgeous person, and um, she she said you're you're having a breakdown. That's what's happening. And she said, call your mom and just tell her that. And my my folks were away, but not very far away. And I think I just text text messaged her and said I, I'm having a breakdown or I, something. It's hard to remember. Anyway, I think she she turned up. She came back from wherever she was, and I remember her coming in. And I was trying to make a cup of tea. Um, we're massive tea drinkers. We're British. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and she was talking and I, I, I just couldn't, and I, I just said to her, stop, please stop talking. And because now there was so much noise, there was just constant, like, just, well, it was like, you know, when you're, when you're on a um, station platform and there's just the noise. Uh, <clears throat> and yeah, so... She stopped and and then what happened? I went to a doctor who thought I was having a breakdown and then I was talking about, I was just talking about strange things and feeling like I was being followed and the tiger. <laughs> um, and then she realized that actually maybe referring me to the psychiatric team was better. Uh, yeah, so she did that. And then I think I, I got worse really for a while um, and they were trying different medication and eventually that it, it you know it worked out so I was seeing a psychiatrist like once a week and the GP and um but it became really really difficult for me to leave the house because I was I was just gripped by terror I, I was I was terrified I, you know and I was shaking all the time so yeah that was that was when it went. <laughs> so you're like, that's when it blew up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was when you know the the Hoover bag got full and just went bang, basically. Yeah, and no. Then, yeah, go on. I completely understand the uh, whole emotional breakdown. I I had too since I've moved, um, and I think the only reason that. I didn't end up in a, you know, in a psychiatric ward was because I had kids that I had to take care of. So I kind of like barely gathered myself. Did you have that sort of thing where you're like, I'm just eking by right now because I have to be a mom? Yeah, I think, um, so I think, you know, for a good few months, my, my, my relationship with reality was pretty precarious. Um, but I think when you when you have children, there is something like deeply, deeply in you, and I think definitely that saved me really. Or you know, there was there was just there was that that deeply rooted thing just about kept me connected enough with reality and ne- needing to be okay when they were around and. Yeah, protect, protective factors. That was what my psychiatrist said. He said, you've got very, very strong 
protective factors in your children and that that's going to make all the difference yeah no i completely understand that i um the my my suicide attempt in 2013 my kids weren't around and i was like that would have never happened if they were around because like i i feel they were they were gone they were with somebody else they were they were safe and i'm like that would have never happened if they were around because even though i was in that place i there's something inside of me that can't let that happen when that when they're around if, yeah. if that makes any sense like yeah no totally it was like 2013 maybe 2013 was just a really bad year <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just put that connection i looked down and i was like yeah oh, hey, you had a a break in 2013 too <laughs> yeah the universe was maybe doing something really weird but i'm glad i'm glad that it happened because as a consequence of it, I'm, I'm a much better, healthier person in every way. So it took a while, it's taken a few years, but I, I'm glad it happened. I'm glad it happened because I, it, I'd obviously been carting around this, this trigger that was about to go all my life and, and it went and it took me a long time to accept that that happened. And I would think that the medication was placebo and, you know, it was just nonsense. And so I'd stop taking the medication. So, you know, you go through that loop right. again and again. And then bit by bit, you learn, yeah, just take the medication. But now I'm like, yeah, I, I, feel, I feel more free in myself. I feel like there's actually space in my head now. Space for the tiger. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes back to visit, there's some space for the tiger. Yeah, he hasn't been for a long time. My brother's, my brother's just always says to me, he says, oh, where's the tiger? He says, I want a tiger. Please, can I have a tiger? Like, <laughs> that would be so great. But this, this tiger was definitely this, this uh, like strong, weird, but like factor kind of, I think, saying... I, I, I'm here and I'm trying to tell you something and, and he was trying to then protect me and once I really started to get better he just wandered off through the bamboo and you know I was pretty bereft but it was like he'd gone you're okay you're good you've, you've realized what's going on yeah I can imagine because he was around so long it's like having a best friend inside your head yeah yeah to totally that totally that and, you know, he would just sort of pad around and, oh God, it really sounds mad, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, it, it's life. I mean, it's reality for you. It, it, it's what really happens. And Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, God, there was, there were other mad things, you know, I, I thought there was, well, I didn't think like there was a fence around my house and um, I was being followed and there were snipers in the windows and there were CIA following me in shops. And, you know, then I ended up thinking, really? The, the CIA and snipers, like, can you not come up with something more original? Like, it's like the classic. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was that. So going out was, I mean, I couldn't handle supermarkets because I just thought that there were, you know, the CIA kind of going, okay, she's, she's gone down the dairy aisle. Follow her, follow her. I mean, you know, but there were no CIA. I wasn't being followed. <laughs> and there was no fence around my house. But, um, yeah, you, you just, it's not, yeah, you don't even think these things. They just, 
they are real to you and you're saying it to people who are like, okay, um, okay, lovely. That's, that's nice. Okay. Should we, should we go and get in the car now? Let's go home. Um, yeah. So pretty mad. It's hard for people to understand when they've never been there before. Um, so I, I've shared on the podcast multiple times that I have bipolar type two. And one of my symptoms when I'm in a hypomania state is, um, I spend lots of money on random shit. I don't even know what it is. Oh it, it's just all, yeah. all sorts of money. And people are like, how can you just not stop yourself from spending money? I'm like, I don't know. It's this impulse. And it's like this need. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like, I have this urge and the urge won't go away until I spend the money. And then the urge goes away and then it comes back and like, and then it's still an urge. And it, it's like my whole body tenses up. My whole body is like, we have to spend this money. We have to buy these things. Like, I don't even know how to explain it to people. And people are like, just don't buy the things. I'm like, I can't not buy the things. I bought, I bought, um, I don't know, maybe nearly 20 pairs of jeans in a week. See, that's because you have uh, the mood disorder too. <laughs> yeah, and there's parcels coming and everyone is another pair of jeans. And, you know, and I, I couldn't even get dressed I, at that point. I couldn't have even tried them on. I couldn't, I couldn't take my clothes off. Getting in the bath was terrifying. But I'm still buying all these jeans. <laughs> I mean, my- I'm... When I moved, I went through, they had to adjust my meds. Um, I went through a slight hypomania state and all the purchases were relevant to the move, right? Like they were all relevant. I didn't, I didn't buy any really unnecessary items. I would say they were all like things that could be used in the house and to make me comfortable and make me feel safe in the house because safety is also another issue for me. Like maybe Mm -hmm. not to the point of the paranoia that you had, but like, if I don't feel safe, I need to make myself feel safe. And so they were all things, random stuff that really doesn't have anything to do with safety, but I, they were making me feel safe. And so I, I spent loads of money on this random stuff that for my house that was relevant, but not relevant at the same time. So I wasn't on a full blown hypomania because in a full blown hypomania, I would have spent money on shit that I like, like you said, 20 pairs of jeans. I would have bought like random stuff where when I get it, I'm just like, what, what is this? Why do I have this? What, why is this going on? I have no idea. Yeah. And and it happened. And I'm, I'm talking about tens of thousands of dollars. Like, um, yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a lot in, in one year, I think I spent $6,000 on stuff that I don't even know, not this year, but on stuff that I don't even know what it was. Like my husband's like, what did you spend this money on? I'm like, I don't, no, like, yeah. I don't know, but I'm, I'm sharing that as an example of like, these are things that it's our reality. We don't, we don't, we can't explain it to other people. We can't say, no, this is not happening. Like that we can yeah. control it. Like where you can be like, no, there really aren't snipers. Like, cause you're not in that headspace to you. The snipers are real. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm, yeah, I'm trying to cook dinner and be completely normal. But, you know, I'm having to keep an eye out the window at the snipers. And, yeah, you, you, can't, you can't really go, oh, should we have spaghetti bolognese? And, oh, careful, careful, careful. They might shoot. They might shoot. I mean, you just can't have those two sentences together. So, 
yeah, I, I get that. For you, it makes complete sense, the things that you're buying. And everyone else is like, okay, that's 17 salad bowls. Let's <laughs> going to be a good summer <laughs> I mean, like, how many barbecues are we going to have we're going to invite the whole world right for me it was like one time it was I bought new wine glasses even though I already had wine glasses and my husband's like why'd you buy new new wine glasses I'm like because these are for red wine and those are for white wine and I need red and white wine glasses he's like that makes no sense I'm like but in my head it does like it makes complete sense I think that's okay. I think I think you need different glasses for red wine and white wine. But I do uh, it for I did it for everything. That's the problem. Is it's like much. every little thing where it was like, oh no, I need this. Why do you need that? Because this doesn't work for that. And he's uh, he's like, that doesn't make any sense. Like you, yeah, but but for you, it's totally rational. Oh yeah, like to me, it it, it makes like complete sense like you thinking the cia is following you around the grocery store to you like that made complete sense like that's reality and you probably found like evidence that that's true like you saw some creepy person like behind you <laughs> yeah yeah so um oh yeah that was the other thing so i was um yeah i thought that there were three people in the room the, the whole time so there was um, there was like a little boy playing with his train track and that was fine. And um, a really sweet old lady, she would just plonk herself on the sofa and I don't know, do a bit of knitting or just, you know, sit there being old. <laughs> and uh, But there was also this guy who would lean in doorways and sort of smirk at me and he didn't, he didn't say anything. That, ha that happened later on, but he would be there. So I, I would be kind of really squashing myself into a corner because I was so afraid of him yeah. but but nobody else obviously could see him because he wasn't there um but for me he was and he would he would just look at me with this this kind of oh god you are sh you're you're shit you are oh my god look at you you're an absolute dick and so that went that went on for quite a long time and I don't often talk about it because if I do, they can start start to come back. And it's all, and they're always on the right of me. It, I mean, it's it's really strange. I mean, the brain is it's a bizarre thing. It, I mean, it's a brilliant thing, but it's you know, it, I think sometimes a, a brain cannot have enough to do. <laughs> so you know, it just starts making up its own little stories and TV programs. <laughs> My therapist asked me, she's like, do you see things that aren't there? I was like, how would I know they're not there if I see them? Like, yes. uh, like, I was like, she's like, does any, do you see things that other people don't see? And I was like, no, I don't believe so. I believe that people see what I see. And she was trying to like, see if there was more to my diagnosis. And I was like, no, but how would I know? Like, how do you know that other people can't see them until you say something? And then people are like, no. I don't see the little boy or the, yeah, the grandma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, there were elephants in, in the, my mom's field. And uh, yeah, just, it'd be like, why, why have you got elephants? It's, you know, what are those elephants doing down there? And, I mean, I'm so lucky because my friends and my family were, I mean, maybe they're all a bit bonkers too, <laughs> but they would just kind of go with it and go, okay that's nice oh well you know I like elephants you know I wouldn't have people saying to me what are you talking about you know you're being ridiculous or you know apart from the guy smoking in the doorways you know I had 
I had such a strong support network, you know, without all of those people and my kids, mm, I I would have been in front of a train for sure. Yeah. But, you know, because I knew that, I knew enough to not go anywhere where there was traffic or trains or because the intrusive thoughts were so strong. Um, Yeah, it was like, okay, just, just don't go near any of those places. But I went on a train recently, so that was amazing. <laughs> that well, was... tell us a little bit about the intrusive thoughts, because people might be thinking, like, what do you mean by intrusive thoughts? What, what, are, what were your intrusive thoughts that kept coming up, like some examples? I think, um, for me, the intrusive thoughts were just, um, like... It wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, I think often with schizophrenia people, there are, there are clear voices telling them to do things. That's very common. Um, and it's a bit, it's a bit like that for me. It wasn't like a specific voice was talking to me. Um, you know, the voices were the, the lurking man, you know, he, as, as time went on, he would say, actually say horrible things instead of just lurking. But, um, it, it was just knowing that if I went near traffic or trains, I, it seemed like a really good idea to walk into it or to walk in, you know, walk in front of the train. And so that was it. So, so those thoughts are very intrusive thoughts because they, you know, they're not telling you great stuff. It's, but, but they're telling you it's a great idea. So it's this um, impulse you get that's really strong um does that make sense yeah the impulse uh probably comes with the mood disorder part of your diagnosis yeah Uh, yeah. the guy smoking in the doorway talking to you is the schizophrenia side of the diagnosis but the impulses come with um with like bipolar disorder when i'm in a hypomania state um i have impulses and they're hard to like it's hard to explain why I can't act on those impulses. Like, yeah, it's nearly impossible not to like, yeah. You know, like, I mean, (laughs) we kind of, I mean, my, my family and everyone, we, you know, you just have to laugh about things so much because otherwise it's, it's too much, isn't it? But you know, I, you know, one of those things was I got a black marker pen and I wrote all over the walls in my kitchen. You know, I, I was writing a note to my children, but it's like, oh, God damn, I'm just going to write all over the walls, you know, and then these poor kids came home and they're like, oh, okay, you've written all over the wall. And I said, yeah, isn't that so funny? Look, isn't it brilliant? Isn't it brilliant? You know, and I wanted to, you know, it's like, oh my God, I'm going to have tea party and uh, I'm going to have Charlie Chaplin and Marilyn Monroe and I'm going to have like a, a Nazi general um, because they, they were all, they all, you know, that, that was relevant and their stuff. Oh my God, I think it was so exciting, but I'm going to have a high tea. So we're going to have lovely sandwiches and, <laughs> you know, and then, and, and then it's like, well, they're dead. So you, you can't, I was like, oh, I'll make them. I'll make them out of broomsticks and, uh, and top hats and, you know, so this is me. So I, I guess that's the sort of the manic, yeah, the mood disorder part of it is just thinking, what a brilliant idea about things that aren't maybe a brilliant idea. I mean, I do think that that would have been quite fun. I'm like, yeah, the kids could have come home and I'd be say hello to Charlie Chaplin. I, I mean, I would maybe do that anyway. <laughs> 
<laughs> be like, oh God, mum, okay. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Marilyn. <laughs> Don't really want to talk to the Nazi. Okay, fair. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, definitely the, the impulses come. And there's, there's times where I'm like, this is such a good idea. So for example, um, I became a fitness coach, such a good idea. Then I became a life coach, such a good idea. Then I decided to go to school, such a good idea. I was going to be a personal trainer. There's all these things. I got, um, certified to teach a, a fitness class, like all of these things that were like such a good idea at the time. And then my husband was like, you can't stick with like one thing because you just yeah. keep popping for thing to thing to thing. And I was like, yeah. because I have to, and they're so good. And it's because I make those decisions when I'm in a hypomania state. And then later on, when I come down out of it, I'm like, why did I do this? Like, this is such a bad idea. Now school, it, I was like, that was a really good one. That was a really yeah. good one that I made a decision on. But some of these other things, once I come out of it, I'm just like, why, why did I do this? Like, what, why was this a good idea? Like, I'm not even, I'm not even coordinated enough to teach a fitness class. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how I got certified to do it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, I mean, being certified in one way, it's maybe nicer than being certified in the other way, but <laughs> it's, it's very true. Yeah, it's I think you, just, you have you have uh, you just have a lot of energy, don't you, in your in your body and in your mind, and yes. and yeah, and you do skip around. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Blah 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 blah. And everyone is like, oh, okay, all right, okay, all right. You have fun with that. You you enjoy that. Right. And I always thought like, isn't this what everybody else feels? No, apparently it's not. Apparently other people don't feel this way. This is not quote unquote the norm. <laughs> but when you, when you um, kind of come out of that and you're, and you're fairly uh, stable, do you, so for me, I think a, a lot of the time, and I think that this is something that has been always in my life, actually. Now, now I can kind of recognize it um, for what it is, is that feeling uh, really not connected. And you kind of, yeah. so for me, I feel like I'm watching, you know, this is like relationships in particular, you know, I'm watching a husband and wife or, uh, and I'm really like, God, that's, that's so lovely. But I'm, I'm separate from that. I, I don't quite understand it you know people are living their normal lives I mean nothing's right. ever nothing's ever as normal as you think it is you know behind yeah. closed doors of course um but yeah and I just think wow how how do they how do they do that and how, how, how do you know how do they just oh, look, they're just married and they like each other and I would love to be able to do that but I, I know that I can't because there's there's a disconnect yeah no, I, well, I'm married. Um, and fortunately he's very understanding of all, all the things that go on with me. I mean, the man stuck by me even before my diagnosis, even before I got on medication, um, which really, if I was him, I would have divorced my ass a long time ago, but he didn't. And he stuck by me, but I do look at like people living their day in and day out life. And I'm like, how do they do that? Cause I struggle. I struggle to be on at baseline every day. Yeah. Like there's so much I have to do just to be at baseline. It's ridiculous. And I'm like, how do these people live these lives? And it seems so like seamless, happy. like they can just yeah, happy, seamless where they can just go on with their lives. And, and it doesn't seem like it's 
that much of a struggle. And maybe I'm not seeing their struggles, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe they have some, something going on that I'm not seeing, you know, but I, I don't know how people like where you talk to people and, and they don't struggle every day. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I mean, people, people do struggle every day in, in different ways, of course, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's that, it's that kind of connectedness and, I know that my brother is the same and I think that if he actually went and talked to a doctor, they would quite quickly say, ah, oh, okay, this is what's going on for you. And I, you know, maybe a mood stabilizer would, would help you because, you know, he, he's the same. And, and I think it leaves you with a real kind of um, rootlessness and yeah. inability to, to kind of be settled in, in who you are because I don't know, is it because there's just constant interference going on in your brain? Yeah, I always wonder, like, when when is the next time that I'm gonna I'm gonna hit that state, that like yeah. very volatile state? Because I'm I'm like I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Something happens, and I'm like, woo, all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally, totally. And it can be, I mean. It's great if you can start to recognize triggers, but sometimes you just can't. And they come out from maybe someone opened a door and it squeaked or, you know, just something. And, and then you're, yeah, then you're not in a very good way. And you, and, and you just don't understand what, why or where that's come from. And then may, maybe when it starts to settle down, you can think, oh yeah, that door squeaked. And that sounded a bit like, I don't know, an elephant trumpeting or something, <laughs> you know, just, and, and you can kind of clock it, but in the moment, you, it, it can just come from nowhere, because you can be aware of triggers, and then you can avoid them a lot, so I can avoid trains, or busy crowds, and, you know, those are things that are very easy to ignore, if you're feeling a, a little bit, you know, precarious at the time, but yeah, there are some that just come out of nowhere. Yeah, I was not expecting a move to like rock my world the way it did. I mean, I knew it was going to be hard. I knew, I mean, you're uprooting yourself and moving someplace else. I mean, I'm not even like, I didn't even uproot myself and move down the street. Like I'm uprooted myself and moved like states away, um, five over five or almost 500 miles away. Mm. Um, so it was a lot and I did not, what? Like another country. Yeah, practically. Yeah. Um, except the United States is so freaking huge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, here, yeah, yeah, that's, mm, that is another country. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I didn't expect it to rock my world the way it did, but it did. And I was like, that's not even a trigger I saw coming. Like, that's <laughs> not even something I, I could have... I could have seen like, and I tried to be very mindful of like, you know, this is how I'm feeling and I need to be careful. And I try, I did my best, but it's still, Oh, it still was, I was such a wreck. I was such a wreck. I was barely holding on. Um, if my kids hadn't been out of school and, and around all the time, I think it would have been way worse, but they were mm. around all the time. It, it was just, I, I was not, like you said, you, you just can't, see it sometimes coming like you just don't know so that's you know that's a that's a huge upheaval that's a that's a huge change so 
you know, I, I, I moved recently and, um, I mean, it's just been a brilliant thing because I hated where I was living and where I was living was where all this horrible illness happened. And so it was just, a, you know, I really had wanted to move to the city. I was in the countryside and I was bored out of my brain, and, but I was just waiting for the kids to finish school, which they all did. And so we moved here three months ago. Um, but, you know, uh, we, it was really, really positive on every level. Mm-hmm. But still, a few weeks after I'd moved, I did start to have that overwhelm um you know and i you know everybody has that and it's perfectly normal but i think when you um have a condition that can make you go really sideways and make you really unwell you know as soon as you feel a normal overwhelm or for me i can start to really panic that oh my god i'm i'm feeling the overwhelm i'm i'm going to get really ill so yeah. you kind of you have that fear and then that fear feeds you know, feeds the problem and, oh God. <laughs> yeah. It's just a spiral. It just, that's what I call it. You just start spiraling because it's like you said, one thing feeds another thing, feeds another thing, feeds another thing. And before you know it, you're like, I just had an emotional breakdown. What is going on here? Do you, so when that happens with you, do you, um, do you kind of, uh, manipulate your medication? Do you kind of up it or whatever to, to kind of counter that from happening? I don't do it on my own. Um, I went and saw somebody who she added another mood stabilizer and she's like, we just need to get you back to baseline. She's like, we might be able to adjust these back or adjust these to a different level. Um, later on, she's like, but for now, we just need to get you to where you're not spiraling out of control. Yeah. Cause I was a wreck when I went into our office, like I was crying, I couldn't like speak. And she's like, had to like, teach me a breathing method to try to calm me down. And it was, it was, it was like, I was a wreck. It was just so much. So, um, I don't just them on my own cause I don't want to do some severe damage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but I, you know, that adjustment, I mean, I, I, I'm still resentful of it. I'm still resentful of the medication because same, you know, you, you double in size, which is shit. And, uh, you know, you can be groggy, you know, once, you know, sometimes, you know, I might think, oh, I just, I've got a headache, I'll take a paracetamol and I pick the wrong thing up and I'll take my antipsychotics and then it's like, okay, <laughs> you know, and then, then you're right. waiting through treacle all day and you're a bit ratty because, you know, essentially they're just bloody tranquilizers, aren't they? But um, I have learned now though that when I'm starting to feel, you know, a bit sideways, I will, you know, I just, you know, I just up my medication and then, yeah, then you can kind of bring it down a bit. So it's, yeah, it can be a bit complicated, the medication, but once you get a balance. Yeah. Like uh, I'm, and, I'm yeah. balanced right now. Um, for now, <laughs> 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 you know, it's hard. Cause you're just like, Oh, right now this is working, but something could happen or something could change or your body adjusts the medication and then they got to adjust your medication again. Medication, I am resentful of it too. I just, but I know it's necessary. I know, and I don't judge anybody else for taking it. I just, I wish I could live without it. Yeah, definitely. I think it, well, I mean, I I think it robs you of your personality a little bit, but 
I do have, you know, friends who are like, no, 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 no. This is this is how we want you. We we don't want the unmedicated version. Nobody nobody wants that. But yeah, I I think, and I've spoken to quite a lot of people who take that kind of medication, and I think people do feel that part of them is shut down. And you know, it's it's just rebalancing chemicals. You know, that's it's that's all it really is, isn't right. it? You know, I feel like it makes me a bit stupid you know a bit slow and not as funny <laughs> and um yeah i i hate it but yeah without them i'd be really ill and, and at the end of the day you know we live in a we live in the western world where it's available to us and right. you know, and we have the nhs here obviously so it's free you know what you know in other countries where that that isn't available you know that's where you have you know, lots of suicide or you have people being excluded from the community and, you know, so as much as I hate it, I'm also supremely grateful that it's available and also really, then I also feel really guilty <laughs> because yeah. there are many, many people in little countries who, you know, mental where mental health isn't even recognised within the, the entire health system. Um, yeah, and that that's horrendous. So mental health kills people. I mean, mental yeah. health kills a lot of people anyway. But yeah, so I'm I'm grateful and resentful at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I am too. So Caroline, we have come to the end of our time with the podcast. It goes by super quick. Uh, yeah. What What is something that you'd like to leave the inspired women audience with about anything we've talked about, or maybe something that we haven't talked about? Oh God, um, I can't really think of anything specific off the top of my head. But um, I think really, I just want to say to anyone who's struggling, it's okay to not be okay. And you know, it took me a long time to get my head around that. And it took me a long time to learn, stop. You know, it's okay to slow down and it's okay to stop. So I guess that really. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.